Hello and welcome to The Property Show. I'm Andrew Montlake and with me is my co-host, Louisa Fletcher. We're here to talk about all things property. So whether you're staying put, buying, selling, renting or letting. We'll be chatting through the latest news on the housing market and mortgages, as well as sharing our advice and expertise to help you get the best from your home. In today's show, Lou will be talking about the new First Homes scheme and explaining how it works and who is eligible. Plus, Monty will be looking at how income protection works, as well as sharing his pick of the latest mortgage products. We're here to help you make money, save money, and most importantly of all, protect yourself, regardless of where you are on your home ownership journey. Are you all set, Lou? Raring to go, Monty. Hello, Lou. You're Hello. raring. I'm revving. Raring. I can hear you revving from here. <laughs> How are you doing? Do you know what? I'm hot today and I'm not moaning about it as, as most Brits do because we love to moan about the weather. When it's too cold, it's too cold. Oh, I just need some sunshine. Then as soon as the sun comes out, oh, I like warm, but not this warm. <laughs> but anyway, no, it's, it's very nice. But again, we're in our podcast studio. Yep. We're indoors. <laughs> we're indoors. We're indoors. But I'm going to do burgers on the barbecue tonight. So I'm very oh, that excited. Sounds so good. Oh, yeah. What about so you? Good. How's your week been? Yeah, good. Thank you. Ask me what. Ask me what we've been doing today. Lou, what have you been doing today? <laughs> been looking at houses, Monty. Have you? Yeah. Oh, get yeah. you. Yeah, I have really a moving house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, how many did you look at today? We we saw two today. Um, were, they, were they nice? They were very lovely, although they weren't quite right. So, okay. you know, we've we've taken a, a dose of our own medicine and we've got our list of things that, you know, the have-to-haves and the nice-to-haves. And um, and one was very close, but not quite. So so we've decided to, to move on and look at some more. And are you, like the advice you gave everyone in a previous episode, <laughs> willing to compromise? Well. <laughs> <laughs> See, I remember. Yeah, you remember that. Yeah. So, so yes, we have compromised because the properties we looked at today are not in our first choice of location. So we're, ah, okay. we're, we're looking at if we can find the right sort of property in a slightly different location. So we are, yeah. we are working to that theory. But yeah, um, yeah so it's, um, it's been a bit of a property-tastic day, really. Yeah. So, you know, property work all week and then going and looking at houses yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. So do you, when you go around the houses with the, with the agents, do you actually tell the estate agents what you do for a living <laughs> when you're viewing them? Um, I try not to. Not, yeah. not for any reason, but just because I, I don't want to put, you know, to, you know, to do I'd it. I'd have thought they'd recognise well, you anyway, Lou. It, it you does know, Being happen. like a famous it, it does happen personality. Because, of course, you have to kind of register and give your name. Yeah. And, um, and when I registered with an estate agent last week, he was very, very lovely. And I gave my name and the lady said, oh, that sounds very familiar. And then you could hear her typing. And, and then she went, oh, it's you. And I went... Yeah, it's me, but it's okay. It's real. I really do need a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably think you're just doing an investigation. Yeah, or so you do have to kind of, you know, say, no, it's not that. It's not research. Yeah. It really is a house. So, yeah. But anyway. So, so yeah, how are you finding it, just the whole process generally? So I think like anybody else who would be listening to this, if you're 
trying to move house at the moment. There just isn't a lot to choose from. And being in the industry doesn't make that any easier. Um, you know, before anybody sort of stops and says, oh, but you're in the industry, you must know loads of people and you're probably getting first choice of properties. Mm. I can assure you that's not happening. <laughs> it's not how it works. Um, so, you know, it is difficult. Um, and the one thing that I have noticed is, whereas previously um, people are very... You know, if, if somebody comes along who's the right kind of buyer, they will genuinely sometimes say, okay, fine, if you need to move quickly, as the seller, we'll move into rented to kind of break the chain. Right. And that's really not happening um, at the moment. So where things are now, I was actually speaking to our conveyancer in the week, mm. and he said that it's not uncommon for transactions to have up to 15 properties in the chain. That Yeah, that is amazing. Now, I heard that as well from yeah. someone who said that said the length of chains is so long now. Yeah, because nobody can nobody wants to go into rented because there's nothing on the rental market to rent yeah. either. So so they're kind of having to kind of stay in the property until they find. So for all of these reasons, it's um yeah, I'm under no illusions. We, it may take us a while to, to move. Yeah. So but you know, hey, if if me kind of sharing the stuff helps other people feel less frustrated I'm, you know, because <laughs> if I'm finding it tough, how does everybody else cope with it? Right? Oh yeah, maybe so, you can do a little. You can do a little diary section for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, I think I I time. may well do that about so. how it's going and yes. and you're hitting your head against brick brick wall when you see things <laughs> so overpriced. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never. It's difficult to 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 do that on a view. You kind of wander around and you're mentally valuing it in your head and thinking, <sighs> you really don't understand how they get to this. But I would <laughs> never say that. Ever. No, of course Ever. not. No, no. You're far too polite. So estate agents of Surrey, please do not fear. <laughs> no, she's nice, really. I'm nice, really. However, she's nice to your face. Wait till you hear what she says behind your back. <gasps> I'm joking. I don't want to put you off. I don't want to put, you know, anyway, sorry. <laughs> You're always nice about estate agents, actually. Actually, I do try to And do. so am I, yeah. actually. Yeah, there, there's some fair, very yeah. good estate agents. Yeah. 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 Um, but it is a tricky time to be a buyer, though, isn't it? It is. Regardless of how much money you've got to spend, I think the majority of people would say it's very difficult to find the right property. But there is a glimmer of hope for first-time buyers this week, in fact. There's some good news. So yeah, are you, are you change, talking yeah. about the first home scheme? I that, am Because that was launched this week, wasn't I it? I am indeed, Monty, yes. So this is the latest government scheme to help first-time buyers to get on the ladder because, you know, we've had help to buy. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the way you said the latest government scheme. Yeah. I could almost hear you rolling your eyes as you said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, this one's a little bit different to, to where we've been before. Go on then. So tell us what's, what's different about it and... Um... And how it works. So it's aimed specifically at key workers. So this is the likes of sort of NHS staff, um, emergency services, and existing local residents who would like to buy in the area they're currently working and living, but would struggle due to property prices. Um, yeah. And effectively, the scheme means that where a new build development is is um is being built um a proportion of those new homes would be sold at a discount to those who qualify for the scheme 
and the discount could be anywhere from 30%. So that's mm. the minimum discount you could expect yeah. up to 50% off the market value of the property. Mm. So that in itself is interesting. But the next bit is probably even more interesting because the discount that the property is sold with has to be in perpetuity. That is to say, if you buy it at 30% discount, when you eventually come to sell it, you have to pass on the same 30% discount. So it's the same discount. Whichever Mm. discount you get, you have to pass that on. Correct. Correct. Mm. So it's it's a very targeted approach. Who knows? It it may work. You know, difficult to say until we've seen evidence of it. Um, But the prices for these properties are also capped. So in London, properties within the first home scheme are capped at £420,000 after the discount's been applied. And then in the rest of the country, it's £250,000 after discount's been applied. Okay, that's interesting. So this could... So on the face of it, like all of these schemes, on the face of it, it looks good and really promising. And we've been saying for ages that we need something for key workers, um, for people living in and around, you know, the cities where they where they work, but they struggle to get houses there. So on the face of it, that's that's really good. But but do you think there'll be a rush of demand on this, which will I know there's a cap on it, but but it will still mean that prices rise artificially and i think that you know all of those things are are absolutely possible and uh, you know the other question of course is will there be enough of these properties built to to service demand because i mean that's yeah. the next thing isn't it you know at the moment we're in a bit of a a bit of a sticky patch anyway around new build properties because you know due due to the the pandemic due to supplies being hit by brexit you know all of this stuff we you know there is a bit of a a bit of a lag in terms of new build developments anyway so we're probably a wee bit behind i would say by about 18 months in terms of the 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 start numbers of properties that should have been started so yeah i think we're going to be playing catch up for a while um but you know what are the other details on it so the other thing is, um, as the name would suggest, it's for first-time buyers only. So unlike the previous Help to Buy scheme, which was actually eligible to people who weren't just first-time buyers, um, and it's open to households with a combined annual income of up to £80,000, although that does raise slightly, so the cap on income is £90,000 in London. Um, and you must need to borrow a minimum of 50% to qualify. So I guess what, what they're saying here is that you wouldn't be able to perhaps inherit a windfall and then apply your discount and then buy a property under the scheme right. outright for cash. Right. Um, and also there are restrictions, which means you know, it's not possible to buy one of these properties under the scheme and then you know use it purely as an investment. Yeah. So yeah. You know, those, are, those are the headline qualifications, but... The other thing, again, which is different to the way that Help to Buy worked, is that local councils will be able to bring in their own requirements as well. So, for example, a local council might say, right, well, you know, it's got to prioritise local residents, for example, Mm -hmm. in areas where they may well be priced out. Um, So the terms for each scheme will vary 
um, and there's no kind of one size fits all. So it's really important that if this is something that's of interest, that you would individually research what's available in your area. Yeah. So this is this is available now. Delivery is because uh, I've heard there are some available now, but actually the most most of them won't be out until sort of September time. Is that right? Yeah. So as far as I'm aware, the first site that's launched is um, in Derbyshire. So this is this is what's gone live this week. But yes, yeah. I believe most of the scheme will be coming on live later this year. Um, the other thing to probably kind of mention is that there is no website that you can go on at this stage to find out about the first home scheme in general. So right. with the help, so where to buy do people scheme, go then? Yeah, well, that, that's the tricky thing, right? So. With the Help to Buy scheme, there was a Help to Buy website and you went on that and mm. then you registered for the scheme and, and it was kind of, you know, a little bit more centralised. This, it's a question of checking with the, the new home builders in your area if any of the units on their developments qualify under the first home scheme. So you need to do a little bit of your own legwork. Mm. So, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I dare say... Um, that you know that the various property search websites will in time flag um, on on relevant property information if it is a property that qualifies under the first home scheme. So you know I can see it coming down the track that the likes of Rightmove on the market in Zoopla may well you know label up properties as first home scheme, but yeah. I don't believe that's that's the case at the moment. So I think just as it's it's you know it's a start of the process, isn't it? So yeah. You know, who, who so new developments that are being yeah. So new developments that are being built. Um, I would imagine that local authorities are going to say, right, you can build this new development, but um, like there's an affordable housing allocation for developments at twenty five percent, there'll probably be further provision that sets the percentage of the allocation that must be first homes. Then yeah, correct. That's as I understand it. But it but it does vary between councils. So that's yeah. the that's the factor yeah. that yeah so yeah it's been been interesting to follow the um because obviously mortgage lenders are really important in all of mm. these mm. and just uh, from the from the information that i've heard i've i have un- heard that around about 27 lenders have expressed an interest okay that's really encouraging on this which really which is is good there's a there's a few questions around um you know stuff that lenders has to be aware about like their capital adequacy and how they'd lend and etc mm. um but as far as i can see there are seven lenders including halifax leeds nationwide and newcastle who have have all said that they'll they'll agree to provide 95 percent loan to value mortgages on first homes already Good. So, so it looks like lenders are going to come to the party on this. I guess one of the issues is around valuations. I was going to ask how you, does how a, does that how, work? <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's that's something we've raised and asked a question. Actually, is is um, how are they going to value it? And then not just that, will there be an impact on adjacent properties of the same build property type? It's it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's quite it's quite an interesting one. Mm. Sometimes there can be some unforeseen mm. consequences ar- around mm. stuff like this. But mm. but I guess like any scheme, it's you know the devil will be in the detail when it actually comes out. We things. actually start yeah. to see things yeah. going. But but it is, 
I think it's good, and I'm always quite cautious around mm. the government schemes, but I, I, I do like to see something that is constrained that will help people like key workers. That That was what, you know, for me, I just felt, you know, these are people that out of necessity, they can't work from home. They have to be near to a town yeah, or city centre right. and are generally the most impacted by gentrification and rising house prices. So anything that helps that particular cohort of buyers, I would always support. And likewise, when you think about, you know, first time buyers in the areas where, you know, perhaps in Cornwall, um, in, in the Cotswolds, you know, in these areas where, you know, prices have skyrocketed recently due to you know the the dual impact of covid and people wanting to buy in a more rural area so people from out of the area moving into it and also yeah. the fact that a lot of people are buying and investing in staycation properties you know holiday homes in the uk because they can see a rising demand but that is making life really difficult for the poor first time buyers who actually hail from that area you know they're born yeah. bred in the area probably work in the area but then outpriced from getting on the property ladder. So I do think that this is very well-intentioned and targeted to help those specific people. I just really hope that the opportunity to, to help these people um, is, f- is, is fully capitalised by those who can. Yeah. Would good. Be, totally would be agree. <laughs> well, good, good summary there. And, and like all of these schemes, we'll, we'll come back and, and see how they're working in practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be there good. Go. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, just a reminder, you're listening to The Property Show with me, Andrew Montlake, and Louisa Fletcher. Now, Monty, we were chatting the other day about income protection, weren't we? We were, actually. Having one of our random chats. Yeah. And and I said that I thought the things that you and I were chatting about would actually be really great to share with our listeners, because I don't feel that enough people understand why income protection is so important yeah it's it's really interesting and and um, how we got onto this at um the association of mortgage intermediaries um an organization who looks after obviously mortgage intermediaries and uh, and for the good of the the mortgage industry um of which i am chairman actually last year before i was chairman did did a really really good piece of work around looking at mortgage protection and income protection and mm. all the insurances that you need to really understand why things like income protection actually aren't bought as much as they probably should be. Yeah. And it actually, some of the stats that came back were quite, quite stark. It said that less than a third of UK adults can correctly identify what income insurance is. Wow. And how it okay. works. Okay. And and even more so, 57% of consumers don't believe the claim statistics. So the fact that actually insurers are saying, look, if you take out this insurance, don't worry, we will pay out. Mm. Almost 60% of people think that actually, mm, no, they don't. I mean, but, wow. I mean, and it's quite scary because... You know, particularly with the pandemic, what we've seen is that you know the average UK household just doesn't have the rainy day fund to to you know to cope with all of their household expenses and you know put food on the table for much more than than a month 
you know so you know and that's really that's really quite serious because in the context of you know what happens if um would you would would the normal family be able to pay their their mortgage or their rent bill because i think there seems to be a common misconception i don't know how you find this monty but there's a common misconception that well i i'm a tenant I don't pay a mortgage, therefore I don't need income protection. When actually, probably it's even more valuable if you're a tenant than it is well, you it, own your own it's home. Really, yeah, it's really interesting. And, th- and there's a quote from from Andy Walton, who's a guy who works at Mortgage Advice Bureau. And, mm. and he said, the most valuable thing we can ensure is not our house, car or possessions, but ourselves. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because if the true. worst does happen, the house, car and possessions don't have to be sold. So no. it's... It's it's really interesting, and um, income protection is such an important part of the protection offering. But it's mm. it is so misunderstood. So um, so, what are the main types of of income protection, Monty? So let's kind of start from that. You know, wh- what are the different types of protection that somebody could take, and why do they differ, and how do they differ? So the the one that everyone knows, obviously, is life insurance. That's basically pays an income to your family to your uh, surviving children if you if you write it in trust um when you die and and that's pretty straightforward um then so you that have doesn't, crit- so forgive me so i know this sounds awful but just to kind of make it really really clear so that doesn't benefit the person taking it out it benefits their family in the event that the worst happens right Yes, because that person sadly is no longer here. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so so it does it does benefit the family, which indirect, of course, you know, if, mm. if God forbid anything was to happen mm. to me, I it would benefit me in that I would know my family are looked after. Are looked after, right? Okay. Um, then you have critical illness insurance, which again most people know about, and that's and that pays out a lump sum or an income if you're diagnosed with. A serious illness so cancer you have mm. heart attack stroke etc mm. a wide mm. range of different illnesses nowadays mm-hmm. are covered mm-hmm. um and again that's quite quite well known and people understand how that works mm. now income protection insurance is basically a long-term insurance policy designed to help you if you can't work because you're ill or injured Okay. So it ensures that you continue to receive a regular income until you return to work or if you can't return to work until you retire. Okay. Okay. So it's like in the old days of of, <laughs> of talking about income protection, we used to say, imagine there's a money machine in the corner. <laughs> and, oh, I like and every that. day, Where do I get every one of day, those? <laughs> every day you go to the money machine, you put in, you press a button and out comes £1,000. There you go. Now, you'd make sure that money machine didn't break down. Yeah. You'd insure it. You'd protect it. And that's basically you. Yeah, that's So when really you go out to work, yeah. I know that actually if I go out to work, if I do my job right, I get paid at the end of the month. Yeah. Every single month. If I can't do that, then I don't get that income. And some employers are really good and they and they will pay you for mm. up to six months potentially mm. Mm. if you're really lucky. Um, but some employers are not so nice and they wouldn't cover you. 
So it's really important that people start to look at this type of protection that protects the income you get in. Now, it won't protect 100% of it. It will protect part of the income. So normally between about 50 to 70%. So enough for you to still meet your yeah, important bills. Yeah, I was going to say, so it covers the mortgage. bills, right? Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, and it basically pays out until you can start working again. Okay. And not only that, it pays out if you then go back to work and you keep your payments up, it can pay out again. Because I, I think that's so it can pay a lot of people don't realise that. A lot of people yeah. think that once you've made that first claim, that's it, you're not going to get any more. But what yeah. we're saying here is, no, that's not the case, providing it meets the yeah. criteria. No, it's not the same as critical illness, which pays out a one-off lump mm. sum. Mm. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a very, very, very valuable piece of protection. And actually, the stats are... That, um, that you're probably more likely to claim on an income protection policy than you are to actually claim on a life insurance policy. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. So why do you think people don't take out some form of protection on their income? Why, why is it that people have this, do you know what, I won't bother. I mean, I know, and you and I have spoken about this, I had a serious illness a few years ago. I ended up taking 18 months off work. Had I not got income protection cover, um, although, you know, my employer at the time was amazing and fantastic, um, I would have have really struggled financially. Mm. Um, So I'm a big advocate of it because I've benefited directly from having such a policy in place. Um, But even I kind of, you know, there was that slight hesitancy to do it because, you know, it you know, it, it's money every month, isn't it? And, it, you know, but yeah. the way I kind of rationalised it to myself was, well, it, it's less than my Sky subscription. You know, well, it's, it's exactly. a few takeaways a month kind of thing. That yeah. was how I processed it. But do yeah. other people see it that way? I, I never know. Do you know what? That That is such a great analogy. And although I'm not sure I could live without my Sky subscription, especially, <laughs> especially in the football season. Yeah. Um, that's uh, what what's the average sky subscription 70 quid a month 90 yeah. 90 quid yeah. a month 100 yeah. quid a month i think and mine was about 90 is... quid at the time i think my i think yeah. my sky subscription was about 90 pounds at the time because i obviously don't take the football stuff um <laughs> but <laughs> but um but yeah so i in my head i was kind of like you know well i'm paying this to have a few more channels to watch mm. why would i not pay something similar to protect myself in the worst yeah. case scenario and, and, uh, and know, thank goodness that, i did you know yeah. Hope, hopefully it is money down the drain yeah but you can't look at it like that it's something that's you know we all i'm sure everyone listening knows someone mm. who has sadly that had a critical illness or was mm. unable to work for a bit and you know has had some mental health issues or mm. or back a bad mm. back how many oh, times does that gosh, yeah. keep people off work? Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. Um, and according to the ABI, one million workers a year find themselves unable to work due to a serious illness or injury. Wow. Um, and it shouldn't. So this type of insurance shouldn't just be dependent on if you have a mortgage. It, mm. If you pay rent, 
Well, no, your, see, your landlord's yeah, is not point. going to be as understanding as a mortgage lender will be. Correct, because a mortgage lender, in the, in the worst case scenario, I'm sure they would be sympathetic to either the, reducing your payments or going to kind of a mortgage. Lenders have come a long way over the last few years, and mm. um, and and they do have a duty of care. So if if there is a situation like that, a lot of them do have areas they can help. I, I remember, I think it was Nationwide who came out with something for people who had um, were diagnosed with cancer. Wow. That there was help available specifically for that. So, mm-hmm. so lenders are very good. Landlords can be very hit and miss, and I'm, yeah, I, I know say, there are loads of yeah. millions of great landlords out there. Mm-hmm. But you know, there comes a time where they might not be sympathetic or might not be able to be as sympathetic mm-hmm. because they have their bills to pay. And I think so, that the point is, and I know this is, a, you know, perhaps a difficult thing to hear. But landlords have no duty of care and one missed rental payment puts you the wrong side of a default of your tenancy agreement. So this is why I'm almost tempted to say if you're a tenant, it's probably more important that you protect your income than it is if if you own a property and pay a mortgage because you actually are at more risk, technically, of being homeless if your rent isn't paid. Yeah, and and, um, yeah, they're... You know, there's a, a few quotes in here. One from from um, Abby, who runs a Nest Financial Services. You know, renters across the UK are a hugely underserved part of society, mm. and they need mm. protection just as much mm. as everyone else. Mm. So it's it's really important. And and this uh, Amy research has been fantastic in in getting a conversation going about how we as as mortgage brokers and advisors can really get this across that you know this isn't just a sell we're not just trying to sell something yeah this is that we're trying to protect mm. You're doing yourself your, job, basically. your family yeah. and your home mm. and that's really really important and I think mm. sometimes people come to us because they need a mortgage actually they come to us because they want a home mm. they just happen to have to have a mortgage mm. that's a really so, good way of looking at it yeah. But then as soon as you, so we can talk about the mortgage, as soon as you start talking about protection sometimes, sometimes you can see a bit of a barrier come up as if, mm. you know, what are you trying to sell me? Why do I really need this? You're just trying to earn extra commission? No, it's not about that at all. Part of our job is to ensure not only that you get the home of your dreams, but you stay in it. Mm. Mm. And that's so important. And um, I guess that's the message, the takeaway message from all of this is that whether you're buying a home, whether you're in your existing property, whether you're renting, income protection is something that everyone should be thinking about Mm. because it helps you stay in your home. And that's really, really important. Yeah. And from personal experience, I, you know, I would have been absolutely, you know, up a gum tree with nowhere to go if I'd not had income protection. So, mm. you know, and, and I don't sell it, so I'm not here to do a selling job on anybody. But I would I would really say, you know, if it comes down to having, you know, one one night out less a month or perhaps not as many channels in your Sky subscription, you know, <laughs> it's it's a, it's one of those things that the first the first time you set it up, you know, I did it on I did mine on direct debit, you know, you just budget for it and then you just never know. You just never yeah. know. I was 
um, 34 when I had to claim on my protection policy. Wow. Yeah. So I'd been running half marathons, doing all sorts. Um, I thought I was flame proof. It turns mm. out I'm not, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but that's the thing. No. So, and I guess I always say this to people, if it can happen to me, it could happen to anyone. Yeah. But, you know, I got through it. I'm here to tell the tale. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. You're a walking advert. I am. Well, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And um, we, we maybe we'll cover some other um, protection issues over the over the coming weeks and months. But um, but I thought that was that was quite important. No, I, and, think uh, I think it's. I actually find that quite interesting. It's a good one to share, and I think it just yeah. highlights that that importance. So we're nearly out of time again, Monty. You know that, right? It's flame today. We are. I know. It's nearly time for my pina colada flavoured lolly that's sat waiting. Pe- have you got a pina colada flavoured lolly? I have, and I'm very excited about it. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but before I get into that, so any any mortgage picks? That have- yeah, I've lost yeah. them in my pile of paper. It's in the excitement. <laughs> it's in the excitement and the passion of talking about income protection. I've genuinely lost them. But, I mean, overall, while you're finding your bit of paper. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Luckily, I know them anyway. Luckily, well, yes, because you're very so, clever. in terms of um, what's interesting and is that for the first time in ages, we have rates again below 1%. No. Yes. So platform Ooh. have a two-year fixed, no less, at 0.95%. Wow. Nationwide and TSB both have a two-year fix at 0.99%. Wow. So you can really see that lenders wow. are starting to think about their share of the market. And, yeah, I mean, um, that's, that's it looks like proper headline rate, rate stuff. might be coming. Yeah, so what sort of deposit do you need to have to get hold of a rate like that? 40% deposit, my dear. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so for yeah, somebody remortgaging, you that's you know, if you're remortgaging, yeah, your if you're remortgaging, equity, yeah, or you can uh, get a five-year fixed rate now from NatWest at one point one seven percent for five years. <laughs> so it it is extraordinary. Barclays have still got their great seven-year fix at one point four nine, which I, I really do just, think is a tremendous rate. It was just insane. Yeah. Um, and we've also seen rates falling again at 90 and 95%. So Ooh, you can now get so what's there then? 2.88%, mm. two-year fix at 90% or 3.29% five-year fix. And at 95% loan to value, um, you can get a 3.49% two-year fix or a 3.79% five-year fix. So, And who are those So with? there's some good uh, nationwide and... Mm. Digital mortgages by Atta Bank. Okay, okay. So uh, there's, so there you, you know, go. really, regardless of how how much equity or how small a deposit you've got, I mean, rates are. I can't remember them being this competitive for a very long time. No, no. Um, there, there was a short space of time um, a couple of years ago, but but now this is yeah. this is very good, and and ninety and ninety five percent rates will continue to drop. Um, I'm sure of it, and. Um, and it, you know, with, if you've got forty percent deposit, I can't see them getting much cheaper than that. No, I don't. I can't actually see it giving getting much cheaper than that. If I'm honest, <laughs> but we shall see. Watch this space. Watch this and space. We yeah. shall see. There yeah. you go. Brilliant. Well, thank you thank very, you very much, much indeed for that.
Thank you, Lou. Do you know what? I enjoyed that one. Yeah, Not that always, I haven't enjoyed the others, but I enjoyed it's that always, one, so. It's always so lovely to chat. <laughs> I always learn things whenever we, when, whenever we speak during the week or whenever we come on here and, and you know, share ideas and stuff. I always learn something. So thank yeah. you. Thank you very there much. You no, thank you. Awesome. You it's a mutual appreciation society. Yeah. Uh, but we're really thankful to you for listening. Yes. Thank you for being here. We love having you here. Um, we love having you here. And, and, um, and if, go on. <laughs> what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say, you know, do drop us an email because we would love to hear from you. Um, yes, do drop and us an email. Our email address is hello at property-show.co.uk. So if you've got any property problems or mortgage dilemmas that you think we can help you with, um, do, do please get in touch. Yes. And if you like what you hear, please don't forget forget to give us a rating or leave us a review in your podcast app no matter which podcast app you're listening on uh-huh. and if you want the very latest on the property market from the two of us please give us a follow on social media you'll find us on twitter at the property show pod oh, thank you so much for joining us i'm off to have my lolly he's off to go <laughs> in the sunshine <laughs> and we'll see you next time 